0: Welcome to Trouble Black TV's weekly podcast, where we bring you exclusive interviews with the world's most extreme athletes. This week, we're featuring the legendary Will Mayo from Erie, Colorado, who has exploded onto the screen with breathtaking videos in a sense of many of the world's most difficult and dangerous mixed ice climbing scents in faraway regions. Will Mayo, welcome to our show. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for uh, agreeing to do this interview with us. We're excited yeah, about uh, having this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, so when did you first get into climbing?
1: I first started climbing when I was sixteen on the schist cliffs along the interstate highway in the middle of Vermont, Bolton, Vermont. Uh, one of my buddies from school had taken a Knowles course over the summer, and so. Uh, as soon as he came back, he's like, you gotta check this out, you gotta check this out. So he we went and top up this little thing, and, uh, uh, so I just, I really, I started to, I, I, immediately I was drawn to it, and, uh, I remember distinctly, uh, developing photos in my, uh, photography class, and, uh, in the caption, I wrote, Ballet or on belay or something like that, but I spelled it like ballet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, I really got um, became obsessed with climbing when my uncle Peter Kars took me ice climbing when I was 18 years old in Highlight Canyon, Montana. Nice. Yeah.
0: So was that was that like a traditional ice climb or was it mixed?
1: It was just an ice climb. Yeah, it was just this little dippy thing. It doesn't even have a name in the guidebook, but I remember it so distinctly. It's this water ice two-ish climb just below uh, a route called Genesis Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: Highlight. And uh, I just remember so vividly the, the feeling, the satisfying feeling of sinking the ice axe into the ice the The sound, the 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 quiver of the head of the axe as it penetrates securely. And I just I don't know. I felt like it sounds cliche and and I'm sure it is, but I just felt like it was what I was meant to do. And uh, it's strange, it's hard to describe, but I still feel that way today. It's just it's not it's not like a decision it's just like i i am a climber
0: i do climb what was the equipment like back then we well, we're, we're uh, talking about what what year now 1990
1: 1990 Yep, 1990 so foot fangs were still and and frankly they they're great crampons still today for pure ice um mm-hmm. if you can find them but uh foot fangs for crampons um, I had these giant Castinger plastic boots. They were, like, size 13. So like, they were, like, two sizes too big. <laughs> uh, but they worked. Uh, let's see. Uh, Army surplus wool trousers. Wow. Which, which were actually, they worked pretty well. Um, they repelled the moisture, and they kept you warm. They were really heavy, though. Uh, and then the axes i think I think I borrowed a pair of Stu axes, the kind of the the circular ads, yeah I remember those. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yep, yeah, so it was it was rudimentary, but it's it's uh you know it all worked, and that's the way it is even today. I mean, the gear is so much better, How but so? oh, well. There are no leashes on the tools. Um, we have ergonomic grips on the shafts of the axes so we can hold on easily and at the same time just easily drop our arms rather than being shackled to the tools with our arms mm-hmm. overhead, which tends to freeze up your fingers pretty fast. And the, just the way the picks are curved the way they're built, it's been really refined so that it it's almost like surgical at this point. Um, the the ice doesn't shatter as much, and the axes come out a lot better. Uh, the screws are really strong, rather than being cast the way some of the old Schwinnard screws were made. They're actually rods of steel which are bored out, and so they're
0: mm-hmm.
1: essentially indestructible, um, much, much, much. They, they just don't break. Um, the ice will break far before, the, you know, far sooner than screws themselves. And the ice, I mean, I don't know. You live in California, but I know you're, you're from the Northeast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do so the- you remember, like, scraping your windshield and how oh, yeah. tenacious that ice is? Mm-hmm. Ice. The cohesive and adhesive properties of ice are really pretty amazing, and uh, so it's much safer and more solid than most people think.
0: But anyway, yeah, it looks the, like the, uh, boots, the boots have changed a lot too. It looks like, yeah, the boots are.
1: It's it's funny. I was just joking that La Sportiva just came out with a, a new a new Trango, and honestly, it weighs less. Than the crampons. Wow, it's it's amazing, and it's so much easier. It's like it's like imagine if you uh, like went rock climbing with like a big pair of mountain boots or, or even sneakers as compared with your rock shoes, and yep. it really is the difference today is is that drastic, you know, the, the change from these giant plastic boots that were basically like ski boots. Exactly. These supple, yeah, these supple and warm um, leather boots that weigh next to nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a photo uh, for our listeners. Uh, I recommend uh, logging on to willmayo.us. You'll see a photograph of Will hanging by one pick. And it's just an amazing shot, by the way. It's just an amazing shot. But um, are those the boots you're talking about? Those are the competition boots
1: um, which we call fruit boots just because they're so silly they seem mm-hmm. so silly at first, but they're they're actually very lightweight and uh, it's almost like a, like an old aid boot um, they're stiff but they're uh, they're small and uh, they're one can be very precise and have mm-hmm. uh, dexterity. And then the crampons are actually bolted permanently onto the boots. Um oh, at, wow. You know, like, yeah, a yeah. normal mountain boot, you snap your crampons onto them when you're on the ice. And then when you're hiking in or out or climbing on rock, you might just snap your crampons off. These are specifically made for uh, high-end sport mixed climbing and uh, competitions,
0: right on. Yeah, you know, um, last year you uh, sent uh, Jedi Mind Tricks the Mustang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you want to tell us about that? Um, you know, for a lot of us, you know, we're into sport climbing and bouldering, and you know, we look at this yeah. rating system M13 and everything of M thirteen and M fourteen. How does that relate to like sport climbing? It's really hard to say uh,
1: probably 10 or 15 years ago my buddy uh, Will Gad who really has, has kind of uh, carried the torch from Jeff Lowe and really as much as Jeff is the father of modern sport mix climbing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he tried to at first draw some sort of a parallel or, or you know uh, a comparison Like M6 would be 5'10", and M7 would be 5'11", or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it went, but it really is, I like to say it's like mixed climbing is just exactly the same, only completely different. It's climbing, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's such a different set of skills uh, that it, it really is—it's kind of specious to try to to try to equate, especially from a rating standpoint, the two disciplines, which are so very different. So I, I, yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's different. Uh, so the the M really stands for mixed. <clears throat> yes, correct. Yeah, just for the listeners who are trying to figure that out, that's what that means. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. So you said that uh, sort of you like thought like, that the Jedi mind Tricks wasn't really an M14 that was being suggested.
1: Yeah, I, I think that it's uh, when Jeff Mercier, my buddy from France, did the second ascent uh, quite some time ago. I may have been 2008, I think. It was right. It was shortly after people stopped using. Spurs, which is um, I want to
0: talk to after this. Sorry, which what well, I want to get to uh, after you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so um, he did it without
1: Spurs, and I I think he may have done it without Yaneros, which is what the French call figure fours, and which makes it more difficult. Um, and it was it's at like ten thousand feet, and at the time he thought that it was M fourteen, but I think he came around to reconsidering that later. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's M thirteen. I think it's it's more comparable. I and mean, there are lots of guys that have done more because I mean, the, the only way to really have a sense of, of how to rate a climb or, or anything is to have a frame of reference. And the more climbs that one does, of course, the more capable one is to uh, sort of uh, rate them according to each other. It's
0: sort mm-hmm. of like
1: a comparative thing, of course. And and so I, I think that it, it's in line with, with the other M13s that I've done. Um, I did it pretty fast. I think it was the second try, which is kind of an indicator. But, it, you know, that in and of itself is not necessarily uh, indicative of, of how hard it is, necessarily. I mean, Gad the other day just did the Mustang on his second try. Um, Kwon Young-hae from Korea did the second ascent last December on his third try. But these, these, are, these guys are like some of the best mixed climbers in the world
0: why are they not using
1: heel spurs? So, so spurs... <laughs> <laughs> spurs are basically, if you could imagine a crampon in the front mm-hmm. point, a spur is basically a front point flipped upside down and bolted on the heel of the crampon facing backward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And after um, leashes became passe... Uh, mainly, I think that was mainly caused by uh, competitions and a mm-hmm. safety thing. Um, and so, anyway, Will Gad, of course, came up with this idea for the Spurs. And it was, uh, it caught on really fast because, I don't know, it was almost like having a third tool. You could put your, mm-hmm. your leg over your head and hook your heel spur on, on basically any hold that you had hooked your axe on. Mm-hmm. But then quickly, uh, within a year or two, it just became uh, – it, it just made things too easy. So basically, it, it's like you could you – could, with a spur, you could, it's not like a heel hook where you actually have to stay engaged – Mm-hmm. A heel spur, you could just literally hang on your skeleton mm-hmm. um, by your leg upside down. And, and so it just, it kind of made things too easy. And so they, heel spurs just became passe.
0: <laughs> so it's yeah, a very strange, uh, readily so, so the that, strange sport. <laughs> so so with that though, did um, the technique of draping the leg over the arm come into play? Is that when it happened, or did it? Were people well, doing no. that way
1: before that? Yeah, um, arguably Jeff Lowe was the first to figure four, um, and he was wearing leashes. And there's this this old video of him climbing this ice overhang um, using a figure four. And I, I mean, I think it was, I mean, the French call them the Neros. I don't know if that's for Tony or or what, but I'm, I'm sure that it was. Figure fours were used in rock climbing probably before then, but I, I don't really know but basically figure fours and they were so they were used when we were still using leashes um, but yeah they uh, when when we had spurs, we didn't really need to figure four because we were just right. hanging on on our spurs but then without the spurs, we started figure fouring again much more
0: so figure four is when you drape your leg over your arm.
1: Yeah, your opposite leg over your opposite arm. Yeah, in figure four. So, like, say, you know, right leg over left arm, mm-hmm. and then same like leg, you're doing, same arm. Like you're doing in the photo there. Yeah, yeah. Well, same what leg it actually, over same what, arm. What does that actually nine. achieve? Basically, it it allows you to relax your core. So, if, if we were to climb these roofs without figure fours which actually is, is, uh, in France, is the the preferred method. The French mixed climbers are now um, casting aspersions at figure fours. So they're trying to do these routes without figure fours, which is more difficult. um, You basically have to uh, to maintain a core tension Mm -hmm. that you don't need to if you're just constantly... Hang your leg over your arm. Um, it's it's in some ways it's more uh, requires a greater grip strength, mm-hmm. but overall it makes the climbing once one develops the specific figure four figure nine fitness, um, it definitely is easier to do these climbs using those moves than it is to climb them without them.
0: But so the other you, side is. It, yeah. yeah,
1: it's very, you're in a very vulnerable position. And so.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking at that, and i was going, what happens yeah. if you fall, mm-hmm. uh, if your ice axes aren't attached to you, mm-hmm. um, you're only gripping on top? Have you ever lost one?
1: Knock on wood, I never have. It's amazing how, uh, I mean, it's sometimes people will melt off their tools, will just become so pumped that they lose their grip, and the tool either mm-hmm. goes flying, or it actually stays hanging on the hook mm-hmm. um but i can see that typically <laughs> typically we don't uh, we don't drop them we don't let go of them even when we fall like let's say a hole breaks or your tool skates off we just uh we uh, generally don't drop them surprisingly but it, it's, it's amazing in, it, it's interesting that the, you bring up a point of just the the vulnerability of that position and I like to think of sport mixed climbing as, as uh, rather than a mean, rather than an end in and of itself. Although it, it's wildly fun, um, I, I think of it as training for alpine climbing or training for the competitions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people would say, "Well, you know, you're never going to figure four in the alpine. You would never, you know, put yourself in that vulnerable position if you're, um, you know, way out in the uh, in isolated place because if something happened you and you fell and it wasn't steep enough you, i mean if you hit an obstruction in that position it would not be pretty and and that's true but i i have found that there's absolutely uh it does carry over this these uh what people may describe as circus tricks of sport mixed climbing it really does help in more traditional aspects of ice mm-hmm. climbing, mixed climbing, alpine climbing—just the likelihood that you're going to melt off your tools—it it basically just goes away, and so you just are able to push harder in the alpine, even though you're not figure fouring and figure nining. Um, and it's—it's it's really it is pushing the score um, of alpine climbing in ways that. Um, well, it's just, it's very evident. Like Raphael swinski a couple of years ago in uh, the Karakorum, he definitely, and hes he's uh, been a very prolific sport mix climber um, for a long time. He's one of GAD's buddies up in Canada. And he, I mean, the things that these guys are doing in the Alpine, the level of difficulty um, at high altitude even is, is really uh, it, it's it's much much harder.
0: You're always roped up, correct?
1: Yeah, almost always. Yeah, always. I, I mean,
0: do, I, do you ever free solo? Yeah.
1: I have. I used to free solo um, more. Uh, I did the first solo ascent of French Reality in the Canadian Rockies. That's probably my proudest solo. But honestly, for me, and I, I don't, I mean, I I think soloing, I respect soloing, um, but for me, when I was soloing a lot, I was, it was when I was going through a divorce, and it was kind of a dark mm-hmm. time, and uh, for me, soloing was not, I wasn't soloing because I was happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I just, for me, I just, I, I don't think, I don't think soloing's for me, but I don't judge it and I respect it. And I think it's really cool. Um, but I think it's up to every, you know, it's, it's, it's different. Like anything, you know, everybody's different. Everybody has different motivations and everyone is satisfied, inspired by different things. And so I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's,
0: yeah. Do you think that think the, the uh, ice climbing, mixed climbing world will see an Alex Hunnell type? You know, I don't know. There was this,
1: this Swiss guy uh, last year. Oh, man, I can't remember his name. But he soloed a... Uh, he soloed, a, I think it was an M12 or... It was pretty hard, um, pretty mm-hmm. steep, and pretty sustained, pretty long. He soloed it, free soloed it. Wow. And, yeah, every, every, most of the commentary was negative like wow he's he's crazy that's stupid like what that's idiotic what if his pick breaks et cetera et cetera et cetera and it kind of made me think at the time it's just it's how it's interesting to me how um some soloing is is regarded it's heralded it's i mean it's like uh, like Alex and, uh, Yuli. Ooh, they, and, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they, this is like, these guys are like, they're gifted athletes and they are, they have balls and 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 they, they, their souls have been like career making, you know? And, but then some people are, you know, I might, one of my, one of my dearest friends and, uh, most significant mentors, uh, the late uh, Guy LaSalle was a phenomenal soloist. And that was, you know, he was wide, widely respected for that, but sometimes it's just considered to be just like adrenaline considered, uh, adrenaline junkie ale and just reckless and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to me. I don't really know what to... I don't have any conclusions or anything. It's just kind of interesting. You're sponsored by Sportiva, aren't you? Yes, I am.
0: What's that like? Yeah.
1: I love them. I love La Sportiva. I love their shoes and the people at La Sportiva North America are just a great bunch of people and they've been really good to me
0: for, for a long time. I'm going to give some advice to kids that are coming up in the world to do mixed climbing. Um, what what advice would you give them? Volume. Just uh
1: volume. Climb lots of ice. Yeah, climb lots of ice, and it's not ice is not about chasing ratings. Um, mm-hmm. It's about volume. It's about repetition. It's about learning this very capricious medium, um, which it can only be done um, over time, just by climbing pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch mm-hmm. and uh and use a rope like when i first started climbing ice i would set up a rope on uh, the tops of all of the giant columns at lake willoughby and i would just go up there by myself and uh i would climb it with a top rope mm-hmm. and just over and 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 and that's the best way to learn uh, the subtle nuances and caprices of ice. And then mix climbing, yeah, just just get after it. Um, just go up there and do it and go, you know, go with somebody that knows and just borrow gear. And most ice climbers and mix climbers that I know are really keen to share it. Mm-hmm. So just seek somebody out that You know, either a guide or a coach, or just somebody that you know, and and just
0: uh, just try it. And And uh, for those that are listening uh, and are interested in getting into the sport and want some good coaching, check out Will's uh, website, and you'll find out that he's actually coaching a lot of uh, the top climbers, and uh, you could become one too. Thanks. Yeah, Uh, you know, Triple Black. uh, We're trying to build this wonderful community of like-minded people, and. Uh, if you were going to speak to the community, what would, is there anything that you'd like to share with them? Just, what would you like to say about it? Uh, just thank you.
1: Thanks, Triple Black. Let's, uh, let's all work together and, uh, just share the psych and, and, uh, grow the sport, um, and continue to be able to enjoy these wild places, um, by, by sharing them with, with more people, and, and thus inspiring more people to, to want to help protect our uh, natural places and uh, preserve our access to them. So thanks.
0: Listening to Will share his stories, I'm seriously considering having him coach me so I can try my hand at ice climbing. And for those that are seriously considering the same, please visit Will's website at www.willmayo.us. This is Dan Goodman with Chill TV, the entertainment source for extreme sports.